Welcome to the first episode of Homebody Meets Universe. I am, of course, your host, Shelby, aka Shelves. And today I'm going to call this podcast episode Fashioning a New Self. Now, we're going to talk about a lot and we're going to go on a lot of different avenues, but it's all going to be on the same point which is really getting to know the other side of ourselves. Getting to know the other side of Shelby. Who is that? Getting to know the other side of you. Who is that person? What does that person look like? What is the unknown to you, you know? And first off, we got to get into what we were conditioned to be when we were younger. Because I grew up in a very um, Caribbean household. (laughs) And I don't think... At first, I was not a homebody by choice. That is a true fact. I was not homebody by choice. I was homebody by chance. Meaning, there was not a chance I was going to be going out to anybody's house. I was not going to be staying out late. I was not going to... No. That was not... I was a no-no in my household. Barely any parties... No, I couldn't be all up in people's houses. That's what they. That's how they described it. All up in people's houses. Um, you know, I would say I was shaped to be a homebody by my parents and my upbringing, and I I hated it at first when I was like, of course in high school that's the time when we always want to be with our friends. We always want to do something. You want to go out. I hated when my parents used to tell me, no, I can't do this. No, I can't do that. Oh, I can't even just go to someone's house just to talk and chat because we don't want to be outside. Like, it was a lot. And if you are Caribbean or even if you could relate, you can relate with what I'm saying. I was not a homebody by choice back then. I was a homebody by chance. Now, I'm definitely homebody by choice. (laughs) I love being home. Now that I have the chance to even, I'm not going to say chance. Now that I'm able to and have more freedom to do, do me, be myself and go out when I please. Of course, I have to tell my parents what I'm doing because I still live with them. But I do have that more freedom and I have the actually the choice to be like, nah, I don't want to go out today or yes, I'm gonna go out today. As opposed to back then, it was like, girl, you're not doing nothing but school, work and church. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Mm-mm. So I'm very thankful that now I am. I just I have a real haven at home. I love my own space. Like I appreciate my home space. And and I think it's also due to the fact that I do work in retail as well. I'm working with people all the time. I see like probably 30 people a day, maybe even more than that. I'm always interacting with people. And as well as um, I work for a nonprofit organization called Jaya Youth Empowerment. And I facilitate workshops where I am meeting even more people. Like I'm always around people. If it's not my friends, if it's not my classmates, if it's not my coworkers, it's strangers that I'm meeting all the time. And my safe haven literally allows me to rejuvenate and realign my energy. Because meeting different people every day energy is gonna get on you it's it's a lot and i need to woosa <laughs> so yes back to the point of we're gonna stick to in the past when our parents my parents um were the dictators of my life 
hey mom hey dad i love you guys i appreciate everything because it shaped me to who i am today and i'm very proud of that um but back then i didn't see what they were doing i just saw it as a whole authoritarian rule and that's what it was it's what i say goes and that's because i said so there was no if ands or buts and if i asked why i can't do something why this is the way it is it's it will be shut down there is no asking why in my household and that also brings up a whole that brings about a mindset and a conditioning to think that the adults are the ones that know best and you yourself have no autonomy to even think on your own to even do things on your own because it's not right what adult says that's the right thing and what they say go that's almost the dynamic that not even just my parents had it even established that that whole mindset and conditioning was established in school like in our early days in school it was always the teachers telling us what to do and no leeway for the student to at least think oh maybe I don't agree with this you couldn't there was no agreeing disagreeing with a teacher you know unless you were getting in trouble and when you do disagree that is when you get in trouble so we were all taught to think that if we disagree with a with an adult or someone that has that's in a place of authority we were wrong and we are going to be punished for that and that leaves no room for a sense of independence and a healthy form of independence, I'm not saying a six-year-old should be running around free and doing what the hell they want to do. Absolutely not. But we should also be teaching young, the youth that, yes, this is the rule and this is why. And this is how you come into play with this rule. You feel me? Like, I feel like we have to teach our youth that it's important to have a healthy sense of self and develop a healthy sense of self without the influences of others in it you know because when we we're growing up to think to break the barriers of what we were taught however when some of us are not even doing it in a healthy manner you know some of us are very emotional emotionally immature because we weren't taught to really tend to our emotions and be aware of how we are feeling we were always taught to no listen to me if you don't listen to me it's a problem you know, and that's our mindset growing up too. It's like, no, you're going to listen to me. And if you don't, it's a problem. We see that all the time in social media. Boom. We see that all the time in, from the people we work with, you know? So that's an important, important thing. And I feel like that's something that I had to realize and come to terms with. And I don't even know when I really realized the fact that I have, I'm going to speak for myself, I have been conditioned to think that adults know it all when half of the time it's just simply their projections of their experiences onto me. And some of the projections, yes, they are safety projections, They're, they're, they're warnings, like they're letting me know, hey... You know, I've done, I've been through X, Y, and Z. I'm just letting you know, this is not, you know, I'm giving you advice. That's how sometimes it comes off. But half of the time, most of the time, it's bad projections where it's oppressive. And I had to really take a step back and look at, look at my past. Look at how I was, even what I was taught in school, all of that. And be like, adults don't know it all. 
And I don't trust myself because of that. I never was taught to trust myself, trust the decisions I make, trust trust how I the path I want to forge for myself. You know, I wasn't taught to trust myself. I was taught to trust the elders, to, taught to trust an adult, but never taught to trust myself and my emotions. Yes, yes, yes. So with that being said, I will take a turn and we will talk about this amazing book, amazing book called Face by Cecile Pineda. And um, I had read the complete book. I had done an essay on it. And this inspired me, this book and everything I learned from it inspired me to do this podcast today, to call it what it is, uh, fashioning a new self and exploring the unknown one's unknown and um it starts off with a character named helio cara he is probably in his 30s the author never specifies his age however he's definitely an adult and um he resides in the slums in brazil and as we all know the slums is the poorest part of brazil some of it's very vibrant other parts is very destitute And the specific area that the author, Cecilia Pineda, decided to focus on is the very impoverished and lackluster area of Brazil. And um, unfortunately, the character, mind mind you, this is all fiction, but it could be very much realistic fiction up until the end. (laughs) Um, But our character, Helio, he loses his face. He falls off a cliff, lost his face. Meaning it was completely mutilated. He couldn't even he couldn't even tell who this person was. It was almost a complete monster. That's exactly the way that the author describes him after the accident. And when we automatically think of a face, we think of an identity. Like I see you. That the first thing I look at when I see someone is their face. You know, other people may look at other areas, but the first thing you see is a face. That's the first That's the first introduction of who the person is. And some faces, other if you're not an identical twin, it all has a unique aspect about it. And even some identical twins have unique aspects of their faces. And for the character's face to be completely mutilated, where no one can even know who he is, he doesn't even know who he is. He goes back home, everybody calls him a monster, he's he's banned, he... I don't want to say banished because that's not the wording. Um, But he was basically shunned from the community that he grew up in for years that he was born into. And that's something that just to be ostracized from the very people that you went to school with, the very people you you see every day. I think it's very disheartening and happens a lot on an everyday basis when someone finally steps into their own identity just to take this into the real world i think many people are ostracized excuse me by their peers and by the people that they really trusted the most on an everyday basis sometimes when they want to step into who they really are and people really do fear the unknown and in this book him not having the face that's recognizable by other people that doesn't look like everybody else 
that was his form of the unknown. That was his form of stepping out of himself so that he could see the environment that he grew up in, the environment that bred him, and seeing that it's not what it is. It's not all that it's made out to be. Not that it was everything beforehand, but at least he was part of something. And now that he's not a part of something due to the accident, Helio was able to take notice of all of the cracks within the infrastructure that was basically set up. You know, he realized to himself that he was really existing in this world, existing in the midst of poverty, existing in the midst of nothing, no inspiration, no no personal development going on in anybody around him. There was no examples of of a role model, a positive role model. There was no examples of someone even leveling up, leveling up in a sense of, oh, you're a business owner. You're giving back to the community. You're literally helping everybody around you. There was no sense of that. It was only every man's for himself. And now that he's not a part of that community, he was able to see it for what it was. And that was even a very scary experience for Helio to even realize that he's not a part of something that he always has been, that he thought he was a part of. Because now that he's not a part, he sees the true colors. And and in a sense, he's in the other. He's the other now. He is not, I can't even say marginalized because a marginalized community is still a community. There's still people that can relate. He's on his own. He's in his own world and now he has to find a sense of who am I in this body now who am I in this world now how am I going to be able to maneuver in this space where I'm definitely not accepted how am I going to maneuver in this space that is now unfamiliar to me I don't know these people anymore I don't know this environment I grew up in anymore what am I gonna do who am I That's the main question he asks himself. Who am I now? How can I even fix this problem of my face? Which is basically the passport to everything. You look at a face and you either... A judgment comes up. A prejudice comes up. A stereotype may cross your mind. Once you see someone's face. Once you see the way someone holds themselves. You know? And now that it was completely just stripped from him, his whole entire face, his whole entire being, he was able to realize there's so much more to him than simply A, existing in a world that, in an environment, excuse me, in an environment that is nowhere, there's no ability to grow. Who is he in a space where, Nobody knows who he is, where he doesn't even know who he is, who he was. So he really had to delve deeper into himself and discover that there's so much more to him and really go back to his roots. He had to now find creative ways of eating, now find creative ways of not only surviving, but living. There's a strong difference between surviving and living. When you're living, it's almost as if you're moving on your own, your own flow, your own rhythm. You're doing your thing, and it's in alignment with the universe. As opposed to when you're surviving, you're fighting against something to even stay alive. So that book was very impactful, and it let me to ask the question to myself, what 
is it about the other that's very scary? What is my unknown? What is the side of myself that I have not tapped into, that I have not discovered, that I have not even flirted with the idea that there's more to me than what I'm allowing myself to see? There's more to the environment that I'm in, the community that I am in, the world I'm in, that I'm allowing myself to see, that I'm even allowed, period, to see, you know. And now that 2020 is coming up, I definitely want to, I saw a post, it was like, since 2020, we about to be done with this decade, we about to step into a new one, take that risk, take that risk. And, you know, now that 2020 is arriving, what aspects of me do I want to let go of? Am I ready to put to rest? Because in order to, I believe that in order to even embrace the unknown, embrace a new sense of self, it comes at a death of the old self, a death of an old aspect of oneself. So I had to really, I'm really asking myself the question of what do I want to let go of? What do I want to put to rest and move forward from? And I'm actually going to write down a whole list for the next three months. What is it? It's October. We have two months. So I'm going to challenge myself for the next month. I'm going to do my best in writing a 20... 20 things that I want to put to rest and move forward from. And another list of 20 things I would like to manifest and improve within myself so that I could just allow it to exude everywhere I go, you know? Um, and that's going to be a real challenge because that takes self-reflection. That takes patience. That takes forgiveness, clarity authenticity it takes all of that and perseverance to even keep going even if I don't want to so I'm very excited about this list I'm going to be creating of what I want to let go of and put to rest and what I would love to manifest and move forward in doing and I also challenge everyone else too to even think of five things at least of what you want to put to rest and what you want to manifest and there's a there's a little link that you're able to send in a voice note, basically. And let me know what you let me know what you're thinking about putting to rest and manifesting. Let me know what you even think about today's podcast. <laughs> and I will definitely see you guys in the next episode. And until then, let's remember to laugh. Let's remember to love. And always know that self-discovery is the best discovery. Oh, crap.